Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases through the lens of a trained investigator and former prosecutor turned judge. If you are sensitive to expletives, anatomical descriptions, and accurate descriptions of crime scenes, this podcast may not be suitable for you. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Megan. Let's shake our gree gree, Megan. Oh, I'm sorry. My penises were stuck oh. in the sack. They wouldn't shake. Figures. <laughs> there we go. That's what he said. I, I hope this is not your first time here, because if it is, you're real confused. Could you just go back about 100 episodes or so? <laughs> right. And Maybe it'll, 200. It'll all make sense It will. Then. All right. I have a case for you today um, that was sent to us by listener Sophie. I adore talking to you, Sophie. Thank you for always sending us such brilliant case suggestions. Mm. And this is going to be the very disturbing, sorry, as I, this is our second episode that we've recorded today. If you're not a Patreon, you should be because we just recorded our first bonus episode for June. It was a wreck. It was long and it was, it was Charnel and Megan. I have no excuse for ours or our behavior. Oh, that was. That was uncensored, my friend. Yeah, and raw and unlubed, frankly. It was. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to pray later because that's something that I do. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I was actually praying the whole time we were recording. Um, but now I need a lot of water as we start this regular episode okay. um, for the regular public who is not used to um, the, the weirdness that Patreons get. But some weirdness might come out. So this is the very disturbing and recent case of Eleanor Williams. All right. Very recent, as a matter of fact. I'm going to start this case at the trial, actually. Wow. I I like that. Okay. I know. I knew you would. I wrote this with my wonderful co-host in mind, kind of like the bonus episode about Frank Lloyd Wright, which I knew you'd love because I know you love architecture. (sighs) I'm just, I'm here for you. I know you are. I love being here. Started the trial. Yes, we're starting at the trial. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I now introduce (laughs) you to your prosecutor for the day, Charnel. 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 And I'm going to tell you, this trial was just in December of 2022. Oh, this is legit new. Yes, it is June 2023. Mm. And we are going to start with the testimony of 22-year-old Eleanor Ellie as she goes by Williams. She's on the witness stand and she's testifying to the horrific abuse and rape that she suffered at the hands of what was being described as an Asian rape gang in the town of Burrow in Furness and in other towns across north of England. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she testified to injuries, to black eyes, to having a cut across her throat Even a nearly severed finger, as she said that she had been trafficked and forced to engage in sex parties in places like Amsterdam, Ibiza, and in Blackpool. Now, the first of these allegations came forward from Ellie in 2017. 
The allegations were made at that time against several white men, except for one man named Muhammad Ramzan. Okay. So this sounds familiar. Yeah, it's going to click. Okay. You're, the, the light bulb will go off in okay. just a bit. Police in Borough began an investigation, and they found evidence on her phone, on, uh, on Ellie's phone, that suggested that she had been sexually exploited and trafficked by a group of men. So at this point in time, the police are thinking that they have a large-scale sex trafficking case on their hands. They're taking this very seriously. And uh, Mr. Muhammad was first arrested. I didn't mean Mr. Muhammad. Muhammad is his first name. Uh, Muhammad was first arrested on the suspicion of sex trafficking on July 7th, 2019. And the sole evidence so far to give probable cause for that arrest is her statement and something may have been found on her phone. Correct. Yep. Okay. Um, While driving, so he's driving his BMW down the promenade of Barrow's Walney Island, where he lives with his wife, Nicola. And they actually live above her interiors shop, as a matter of fact. So she owns some type of a furniture interior design Mm -hmm. store. Yep. So the police have other men in custody as well. And they're now able to look at the men's phone and bank records, everything. Right. They have they've got their information. Yeah. They've got their subpoenas. So they are able to really do a full scale investigation. They have their men in custody. And the case takes a twist when the Cumbria police would charge uh, or excuse me, would change their tact and arrest Ellie Williams. She lied for fabricating the evidence. Mm-hmm. OK, Yes. So the so there was no evidence of sex trafficking or that they were purchasing her or anybody else on those phones. What they found was evidence on her phone initially that she had been trafficked and then deeper investigation revealed that she had created accounts and been messaging herself. But from all of those guys, like she named them? Mm-hmm. Yep. So... The allegations of being trafficked by Muhammad to Amsterdam were proven wrong when the CCTV and bank records showed Muhammad in a different location when Ellie claimed to have been taken and his passport all showed that he had not traveled. It was later determined that this allegation was likely derived from the movie Taken. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Because it was a claim of being taken in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. Is Ellie mentally ill? I think that we can probably come to that conclusion by the end of this episode. Yeah, we'll get there. But criminal. Mm -hmm. The evidence from her her phone that appeared as though she was being trafficked by several men turned out to be fake accounts that she and she had ran and sent the messages herself. She continued to run those accounts. Like, yeah. All right. So let's let's get into Ellie a little bit. Yeah, let's. Um, She's a bit of a troubled teenager. I think that kind of goes. Yeah. Um, In her late teens, she became, she was said to have become very withdrawn. And in early 2019, at age 18, she suddenly left home. Um, She moved to a a place, some flats in Borough in Furness over seven, over seven months. Okay, sorry about that. I didn't understand my own notes, and I apologize. 
Her mom, when she was a teenager, in a span of seven months when she really started to spiral, had reported her missing 32 times. Wow. Yeah. So constant runaway. Yes. Incorrigible type behavior. Yep. Her mom's name is Allison Johnson Johnston. And Mrs. Johnston told um, some different news outlets that, quote, she was going she was going missing for days on end. I was driving around where she lived and I noticed that a light was on in her flat. So I went and knocked on the door and she opened the door and her face. The quote says her face was she had two black eyes. It was so swollen. I hardly recognized her and she had a cut across her neck. She was just black and blue all over. End quote. Mrs. Johnson said over the course of several months, her daughter would often appear to her with injuries. Um, she said there's still a scar on her throat. Her ear's been cut. Her finger's been cut. She's got rat carved across her stomach, and she's got mark around, marks around her ankles. So during this course of these seven months, staff at the pub where Ellie worked also noticed the injuries. And... Um, Reporters were able to interview one of the managers at the pub, Brian Smith, and he said, you know, at first her basic excuse at the time was just that she kept running into things and that she was very clumsy, which didn't ring true to me with that type of injury. And then he thought, I'm, maybe she's being bullied. So one day she came in with, with a really bad um, set of black eyes. So she was like in the back after she had finished a shift and she looked really upset. So Brian said, look, just tell me what's going on. I'll be able to help you. You know, they're, she's a teenager at this point. So he's yeah, thinking absolutely. she's being bullied Somebody's by teens. Somebody's beating her up on the way home, right? Or on exactly. the way to work. And he's like, you know, I can help you. They're only kids. Like we can deal with this. And he said, quote, she didn't say anything for about two minutes. And then she said that it wouldn't stop and they weren't children. They were grown men and it wouldn't stop because they were using her to get profit end quote. So <laughs> these are, these are the days of our lives. <laughs> she was kicking her own ass. She was kicking her own I ass. Know. And she's I telling everyone in her woven into her life, her life that this is what's happening. Right. All right. The police catch on because she has named these men. She's a, they have arrested these men. They have cleared these men. There are trained investigators there out are, there. And they do their job. Yes. So she does get arrested. Okay. Filing a false police report. Yes. Um, false, false report evidence. of a felony. Yes. In this, Perjury. This happens in 2000, early 2020. She gets arrested, but she does get to be set out on bail. Okay. okay. You have to consider danger or threat to society. Maybe you yeah, just want to keep her. Yeah, she's a threat to herself. Well, I think you might maybe put in a, a bond condition that she not have uh, in possession of a computer or even a, a telephone that you could. You would hope. And I tried to find something that would allude to that. They may and not have all the bond terms. No, I listed. could not find that because I because it does. Is I it, found and a this lot is of charged overseas, right? Mm -hmm. So this, this is, is in England or. Um, Burrow and Furness. Where's Burrow and Furness? No idea. Where are our London people? So someplace in England. It is. Yes, yes. That's actually what I meant. <laughs> I didn't mean place London. in England. I meant England. So, and for all, you guys, all of our friends over there, I'm just sorry. Like, for my ignorance as an American. Um, so, anyway, lots of information about her. While she was out on bail, Megan... She goes missing again. 
Okay. And this time she is found by police, bloodied in a field near her family home. Oh, God. Now what happened to her, (laughs) Charnel? She did this to herself again. Of course she did, but who'd she blame it on? Well, she decides to take matters into her own hands. And this is where the case gets so freaking tragic and unnecessary. Because really, none of this ever had to go public. They could have just went through her court trial of like, hey, you can't falsely implicate men for these serious things. Mm -hmm, Right. Get her some help. Instead, when she's out on bail and she goes and kicks her own ass and she is found in this field. At this point, she makes the decision to go public with her allegations and she posts them on Facebook, including pictures of her injuries. And the the pictures, Megan, are uh, terrifying. If you were on Facebook and you're looking at these, you're, you know, posted by somebody or shared a hundred times over whatever. Um, I'm pulling, I want to, I'm pulling them up for. Did she um, legit go public with stuff that they already knew she had lied about? Or yes. was this, so she, all of that plus her new stuff being found in the field. Yeah. I'm going to show you. Oh my God. I know this case. I know that <laughs> I just, picture. I just showed her some of now the Now I know her. Yeah. That she went public with. Okay. And so, um, yeah, it, it's just all over. Yeah, just really, absolutely. really bad of what she went public with, or what she claimed to have had happened to her. Um, yes, she did. She did um, put rat on her own stomach. Um, she didn't carve that super. There. She didn't carve it super deep. No, but I mean, it's, it's there enough. To, yeah. So, this is what what happens. So she posts a one thousand three hundred and sixty two word post. Plus those pictures that I showed you, which are, are t- terrible to look at. Correct. They are horrific. And it started with, quote, this is the hardest post I'm ever going to make. I'm sorry. I don't know why I sounded um, Wisconsin there. <laughs> Midwestern. I love it. This is I love the hardest me some post. Wisconsin people so much. Let me start Go that pack. over. Go and, pack. And I'm not going to use an, uh, an English accent either and, and you know insult Should, all though. of our wonderful listeners over there. But. Quote, this is the hardest post I'm ever going to write, she began. I didn't want to share this because I'm scared of the judgment that will come with it. It's why I I keep quite, she meant quiet, Quiet. but she wrote quite, um, about what has happened to me. But people have asked me to tell my story. When people have asked why I have a black eye or bruises, I've made every excuse from, from falling over to banging it on a door. So then she goes on to say, Quote, yesterday I was put into the back of a car taken to an address to have sex with three Asian men. Afterwards, I was beaten because I was in debt to these men for not attending parties for over seven weeks due to coronavirus. The organizers of the party decided to beat me to teach me a lesson, end quote. So she posted this on May 20th, 2020 with those photos she had a black eye. It was so swollen that it was closed, or that her eye was closed. Her legs and stomach were covered in cuts and bruises, and the tip of her little finger was almost severed. Ouch. One photo dated in 2019 looked to be a photograph of her breast with a slash wound, and her nipple was covered with a heart emoji. So what she didn't put in the post is that she had been arrested eight weeks earlier and charged with multiple counts of perverting the course of justice after a two-and-a-half-year police investigation into rape claims that she had made against a series, series, series of men, all white except for Muhammad Ramzan. Wow. 
but then made that out that that post about being raped by Asian men. Mm. So, what level of crazy? Like I am was she trying to taint a potential jury panel? She like you get it out there social media enough and she wanted attention. Gotcha. She was rearrested within minutes of putting it up, but the reaction to the post was explosive. It sure. was shared over and over again. And she was arrested because she was still out on bail for lying about this to begin with. And they were still waiting for her trial. You know, on yeah, she violated those charges. her bonds. She did. So when, but this is what happens. When this post goes viral, the public becomes outraged thinking that the police are refusing to do their job when in reality, they do not want to compromise the pending court case that they already have against this woman so they can't speak out. Been there. Yes. So here, the accused, the people that she accused also can't speak out with details due to the pending court case yep. as well because they want to see her face the justice of these actions. And remember, the investigation, you guys, was thorough and substantial and proved through actual documented proof. We have people on cameras. We have telefo- cell phone tower pings. We have we have passports showing Valid that these men, yes, 100%. these men had nothing to do with the injuries to this girl, Okay. Because we will get to the fact that false reporting does not happen often. Because I do not want no victims to, <clears throat> it think, does not. Yeah, okay. to think that they can't report their own because of this, you know, situation that they won't be believed. Okay, we'll get to that later. But by the time she made her Facebook post, these men remember are no longer under suspicion at all, and but now they're being tried by the public, and they are unable to speak up. You know. For themselves. They can't so say, imagine, hey, listen, you got charged for lying about my case <laughs> because well, charges are public. Well, they are here. I don't know how right. that works, I'm, but I would I'm not sure. Are. But they, I mean, they tried to say what they could, but they also didn't want to, to taint anything because they want her to be held accountable during her trial. She's a keyboard warrior. But it gets bad. What happens is it leads to a far right group gaining a foothold in Barrow striking fear into Asian doctors at the local hospital, creating a culture of fear among the town's small minority ethnic communities. They are scared. I mean, this is a small town, by the way. So Obviously, but wow. I mean, she literally created cultural discord, some type of a, a, a mutiny of some kind. Well, and this, this is how it happens. Hate crimes, potentially, so as a result. Muhammad Ramzan was obviously, he was cleared by the police. He wasn't named in the post, but it wasn't long before his name appeared on a list of Asian men and businesses, which spread via Snapchat. And that's when the problem really started. All hell broke loose and everything came crashing down on them because the media or the, and social media and the townspeople essentially are grabbing their torches and pitchforks and coming after them because this list was shared of, okay, guys, she's saying that she is being, that it's such a small town that narrowing down the Asian men or the minor, minorities in the town and the businesses that they own, it's not, not hard, hard to, to find. do. Exactly. I know. I'm just sitting here thinking that would happen. That could happen here. It's so small. Absolutely. So all the details couldn't be made public for fear of, you know, interfering with her future trial. So detectives were unable to reveal the evidence that they had against her. Yep. And 
Um, also, the the biggest notable evidence that they had against her that they wished they could have shared and didn't is forensic analysis to show that her injuries were self-inflicted with a hammer that she had bought from Tesco. They had proof of it. They had proof of her buying the implements that were consistent with her injuries and with self-infliction. Okay. So what happens is all of these real victims, these men that are being accused and and were listed in this Snapchat um, list that went viral, all they can do is look on in horror as her family, Ellie's family, started a Facebook page, Justice for Ellie, which quickly gained more than 100,000 followers from around the world. Oh, my God. Another young woman started telling their own, other young women started telling their own horrific stories of abuse, sparking a sister movement, Justice for the Girls. One of the Williams' most prominent supporters was Maggie Oliver, a former Greater Manchester police officer turned whistleblower about abuse in um, Rockdale. And so she had never even met Ellie and raised like 22,000 euros in support of her case. Okay, this is not this woman's fault. She did not know the facts of the situation. One of of Ellie's old teachers created a logo, which was a purple elephant, um, because she remembered when she was one of Ellie's teachers that there was a purple elephant necklace that Ellie refused to take off at school. So within a few days, every house had a purple on, elephant. Well, every house on um, Muhammad Ramzan Street, except for his displayed the elephant in their window and you could buy bracelets cups t-shirts hoodies all of it um with that elephant all to raise money for her criminal defense yeah (laughs) nobody knew about no one knew oh the Mm -hmm. brilliance of evil could you imagine and it all said this little elephant thing said justice for ellie on it like oh he, you so, guys, look into things before you just buy into, oh, this cute thing that supports this cause. Look at the cause. Yeah. Do the digging and the research. It might be a lie. Well, frankly, Ellie's not the one that started any of this stuff in terms of the Facebook page and the money that's raised. Her uh, family, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Is, does her family know she's been criminally charged or am I victimizing her family right now? I don't know that information because she was 18. When they arrested her. I apologize so if you I, didn't know mom, I dad, know. sister, brother, uncle. But I do have a quote from mom later. Okay. That gives us a little indication, but I, you know, to be fair, I don't, I don't fully. Will I retract that. my apology? I don't. Yeah. Probably. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So I do. Muhammad Ramzan um, has gone public and said that he has received more than 500 death threats. But he has. Bricks were thrown at his wife's shop oh. that she owned and um, windows in their rental properties were smashed, making the tenants leave. So now they don't have anybody that will rent from them. I mean, they're being this, ostracized and run out of town. Yes, they are, and this is affecting their livelihood. The way you know everything, kids. He, this is a quote: "Kids were throwing flour, eggs, crisp packets, anything that they could find. They would stand outside the and shout, pedo." That's what they did. And, um, you know, they would call the police to report the fact that they're being harassed, but no one was ever caught doing it. Sure. Eventually, the abuse became so bad that uh, Muhammad and his wife did leave Baro to live with his mother. And actually, even more tragically, one of his sons had to leave college because his son was being harassed at college. Oh, that breaks my heart. Me too. Like, this is this has gone so far, so far. 
Another man, Simon Fell, um, he is another person that is of Asian uh, descent. descent that had to leave after all of a sudden. Was he even one of the alleged accusers? No, he's just, he was just in the town in Asian. So he just lives there and that's his nationality yes. or race, I mean? Yep. Oh my God. Yep, exactly. I'm so, so sorry, buddy. It just, all, it's just absolutely terrible because... All of this was just fueling, you know, this this problem. One um, Muslim res- restauranter told The Guardian about how he lost tens of thousands of pounds in business after being wrongfully drawn into Ellie's lies and being chased down the street by two thugs who racially abused him and poured alcohol on his head. Oh, my like, God. What? I, I don't, none of this even makes sense. Then, um... It was said that Amy Fenton, a reporter with the local mail newspaper, which we've we've quoted them before, had to temporarily leave Cumbria on police advice after she received death threats because she had covered Ellie's first court appearance for perverting the course of justice and also interviewed a number of Asian restaurateurs who received death threats after wrongfully being accused of being a part of the grooming ring. She was trying to bring the actual information, the correct information, information into yeah. the town, and they were going after her. Yeah. And she was receiving death threats for it for not supporting Ellie. Yeah. Talk about... All because of a Facebook post, you guys. Social media going, running rampant. Yep, Exactly. With nothing to back it up. Just this is why, this is why, even when we know things are bad, even when we know a case is bad and we have a, a pretty good feeling about it, it's why people are innocent until proven guilty, Correct. too. Exactly. We really have to be careful what gets out there. Yep. Um, and in so- media, I mean, trust me, we don't all agree on things that news reporters write either, but they at least have some training journalism wise in an attempt to deliver, yeah. if not unbiased, at least information that they have from real sources. Well, and this is what we Amy have, Fenton was doing. We have keyboard journalists, keyboard warriors, keyboard professionals. How many keyboard judges, doctors, attorneys, mm. lawyers? I mean, seriously. Yeah. Keyboard police officers. Yep. But truly, Amy Fenton was just assigned to go to when Ellie first appeared June 2020 for her preliminary court appearance. She was the reporter that was put on... Um, and this was the first initial post, guys, was May 20th, 2020. Okay. So here it is June and she's just trying to cover the um, the case of like, hey, I see this Facebook post, but I also see in the court system that this girl is being, you know, charged with falsifying evidence, all of this stuff. So all the reporters, any of the reporters that were there, at the court hearing for that June 2020 court hearing, there were um, supporters, like uh, I'm trying to say uh, protesters, yeah, shouting justice for Ellie and shouting, you know, slurs at the journalists and telling them they're scum, all this stuff. How dare you report accurate news? How, yeah, dare, how dare, you? dare you? That's what pisses me off. Y'all are in support of when they report bullshit, but you don't want to hear it when they're saying we something. We have some good, this is just psychologically speaking with the social media, this mob mentality, which can also be compared with like a cult mentality. Mm-hmm. While it doesn't meet any definitions of a cult, look at what that type of behavior has elicited. Followers, loyal sure followers did. with no proof. Yep, Exactly. So what Muhammad is doing at this point in time to defend himself is he's keeping a low 
profile, but he did do Facebook live videos um, to defend himself and others to try to explain as much as he could. He printed out thousands of stickers reading justice for the Burrow boys. Um, he plastered those all over town. Like it really became like a divided sort of situation. Sure. And it just didn't help that, you know, social media helped to spread her picture. Those pictures are really what did it. Um, so yeah, when you post those, can you like write in red letters lies across those so they don't accidentally get shared from our site? Yeah, no like kidding. literally take the red uh, edit pen, yeah. liar, liar or something. Yeah. yeah, I know. Well, um, to make matters worse, she created Snapchat accounts bearing names which looked like the alleged abusers' names, but she manipulated her contacts so that real men that were sending her messages via, via like various social media networks suddenly had Asian names. Yeah, you can set people's names on there sure to whatever can. you want. Sure can. So what she did is she manipulated her contacts to make it. She was talking to real men. I mean, she's a 20-year-old, you know, at this right. point in time, woman, whatever. So she's just randomly talking to these men. But she in her phone, she changed it so that it would look like they were all Asian and like they were having frequent contact with her. Like, wow. I don't. It's disgusting. It's wow. so disgusting. So yeah, for the real victims out there, I feel terrible. It makes yes, my stomach hurt. Me too, me too. Yes. Um, so at first, of course, the police took Ellie really, really seriously because they thought that they were dealing with an extreme set of circumstances. They really thought that, you know, that they were doing good work at first, you know, until they realized, oh my gosh, we that this is a pattern for her, this is a problem. She was only 16 when she made her first false rape claim involving another borough um, teenager, borough, excuse me, teenager. Then um, when she made her third allegation, police found her battered and naked in her flat, unresponsive to the point that they feared she might be dead. And after they first arrested her on sur- suspicion of perverting the course of justice, on July 20th, 2019, she continued to go missing and was found repeatedly alone and far away from home. On one occasion, occasion she was found collapsed and half naked in Lancaster's Millennium Bridge. In another, she was found injured in Lancaster Railroad Station. So it's just kind of like, Ellie, no one has this many random encounters with, with rapists in public places and are just found like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just got... um. Yeah. The only other people I would know who would have that happen to them are like perhaps prostitutes during a time that all those um, serial killer was on the loose in like the 70s or something in one location. Like I just, wow. So she initially said that she was taken there by, by the men. Okay. But then admitted lying about a whole series of incidences, including telling the police that Muhammad Ramzan had trafficked her to Blackpool for a sex party and threatened to throw her in the sea when in fact she had gone to the coast alone and booked her own hotel on booking.com, which they saw. So she, she was found, you know, found out when they looked through all her records and was like, Hey, what about, you know, that date that you said that Muhammad Ramzan had um, abducted you and taken you to Blackpool for a sex party. Yeah. It turns out that you actually had booked yourself and, and traveled. We've confirmed you went to and spend the night a hotel. There. Yep. And we're seen on the camera footage um, Alone. At, at, at your hotel, you know, on the coast there, not in Blackpool. No, no. So yeah, this is, this is just tragic. She also, 
for whatever reason, listed more than 20 women who she said were present at the sex parties. So all 20 of those women are interviewed and all denied being there. Well, yeah. Because they weren't. And she just made these names up or she picked people from her contacts. She knew these girls from school or found their details online, which is terrifying. It is terrifying because someone could do that to any of us as professionals. Yes. Hey, Chanel, it was nice seeing you at that sex party last weekend. Right. Shh, we weren't supposed to talk about that. right. We weren't supposed to talk about that. Honestly. Actually, it was a graduation party. It was. And to my knowledge, there was no sex. No, absolutely not. But there were teenagers there, so I don't know. Oh, that's true. I guess we don't know shit. But Mm -mm. uh, terrifying, again. And and we know, I mean, members of the public have been libeled and slandered on many type of cases, but this is just reaching some extreme that I have not, I I didn't realize it was this deep. It, It is, it's so bad. It's so bad. So the beginning of this case where we started at a trial and Ellie was giving testimony, that was her trial that we started with. Yeah. This is her on trial. So she is not the witness against the people who originally charged. This is her trial she took the stand on. Okay. That's the trial I started us with because that's the only trial that there is in this case. Good. That's the only one there should be. Yes. So the jury was told that Ellie went to great lengths to convince people that she was a victim, including buying a hammer from Tesco and causing injuries to herself. In court, Williams said, quote, I didn't buy a hammer to hurt myself. I'm not a psychopath, end oh. quote. Um, We're going to need an expert opinion. Muhammad Ramzan would strongly disagree. He would. Uh, he actually was quoted in some news article, I don't think I put it in here, where he was like, um, actually, I think you are a psychopath, but okay. Um, a home office pathologist said the wounds on one occasion of her reporting showed signs of being self-inflicted. And then the defense would later argue that the pathologist report only referred to one set of injuries when there really had been many others. So she might have injured herself once, maybe twice, but not all of the claims. She didn't do it all of the time. That's just circumstantial evidence. You can use that however you want. Yeah. Now, Williams, Ellie Williams' mother does not believe that her daughter inflicted the injuries upon herself. Oh, this is going to be good. She said, quote, Who would cut their own throat? I work with people that self-harm. I work with people with mental health issues. The thing that really always gets me is if you were harming yourself to that degree, that degree, you would have not, sorry, you would have some kind of significant mental health issues. And Ellie was not displaying any of those. She was getting up and going to work, end quote. You work with people and getting up and going to work means you don't have a mental health issue. We're all cured. You're all right. cured. Honey baby Nobody sweetie, has right. depression or nope. anxiety or anything because nope. you get up and go, go to, work, to work, you're fine. That's her standard of measurement. Yeah, I, I retract I my statement that I made earlier. I know. Um, I know. And it just, it really bothered me that she is saying, Ellie is not displaying any kind of significant mental health issues. Baby, baby, baby. I would argue that this extreme self-harm shows this is your sign, honey. I also want to throw it out there that when I'm talking about mental health issues coming up here too, because we are very cognizant of them and sensitive toward them, that does not mean that you are not criminally responsible and competent to stand trial, Correct. okay? Correct. This is not, from what I'm hearing, a situation where that mental illness or competency um, was somehow uh, made her incapable of being held accountable because she clearly was. Correct. Right. Well, as her mom said, she's getting up and going to work. 
Well, that's Good all God. we need then, ma'am. I guess mm. she can stand trial if she was going to work. <laughs> that's all we need to see. Well, I'm sure it's no surprise that after the, that the jury returned their unanimous ver- verdict of guilty after not too long of deliberation. Listen, I would say that's not surprising based off of what you've told me, but with the social media blitz, the judge mm-hmm. in me is sitting here going, how incredibly difficult to see an unbiased jury, someone who would not have seen this. You know, know. Uh, know. are any of you not on social media? For sure. Right. Great. So your jury of your peers is all 90. Well, I was just going to say, Martha from, you know, from down the way. Yeah. Who's never heard of the Facebooks. Right. You know. Oh, my son has that. Right. Right. (laughs) Exactly. William George III, his jury number two or juror number two. It's just anybody who knows how hard it is to deal Mm -hmm. with um, big news in small towns. Mm -hmm. And this one made worldwide. It did. Uh, yeah. It did. A it journey. circulated. A journey on, on the social media. A journey. It journeyed on the socials. Journey on the Facebook. So she was found guilty of eight counts of perverting the course of justice. Which and I love. I want that charge. Perverting. The, you could get it someday if you really I want I feel it. like legislators There's, out there everywhere. You just want the word perverting on your criminal record. With justice. <laughs> perverting the course of justice. God. Plus I want to say it to somebody. Yeah. You, sir, have perverted the course of you justice. You have perverted the course of justice. I'm going to use you it. You know what? I'm going to use it against Matt. Yeah, I for sure. I just think that there's a way that I can, he'll do something to me that I'm just going to say, you, that is a perversion of the course of justice. Right. Like when he eats my last, I don't know, Swiss cake roll. Nope. That's not allowed, it's sir. It's not. That's a good way to have a domestic assault. <laughs> For sure. Mama needs her chocolate. I had somebody today whose domestic assault mm. was that she threw an egg at her husband. <laughs> and I'm sitting here the whole time going, an egg? Um, What kind? Fresh or store-bought? <laughs> By the way, that was allegedly. Uh, yes, she yes. She didn't, yeah, allegedly threw an egg. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to come sit in your court sometimes. Well, it's Tell an open court. It is. I know. Tell me when you're having some good ones. <laughs> um, you never know what you're going to get. It's a it's a box of chocolates. So she was sentenced to eight and a half years in prison in January 2023. Good. And, you know, I feel like there was potential for her had she not gone on that social media blitz. Oh, God. There, yeah. Where she might have even been looking at a, a probation and a yes. mental health type of thing or a short period, a short stint in jail. Um, yes. I, I believe, and I don't know how the system works over there, but all of that should probably be used and scored against her for jail time. Yeah, well, that's what their problem was. You were out on bail. Yeah. If we're doing this in the first place, and then you really went for it. And with the Snapchat, the racist Snapchat things, all of that, they did talk, you know, psychiatric reports and things like that before the sentencing happened in March, that eight and a half years happened. Sure. Um, so they did have psychiatric investigations and, and um, things like that. And at the beginning, she was diagnosed with um, factitious disorder, which is formally known as Munchausen syndrome. I hadn't realized the DSM-5 had changed it to fact. Because there's different disorder. versions of it, and that's one of the disorders. But how? Well, because the uh, the Did diagnostic she it? tools. Did she believe it? God, no, Meg. Did she believe her story? Is what I mean. Maybe, but what they used to diagnose her with this 
is that, as we know with Munchausen syndrome, that derives from wanting people to view you as being sick, harmed, or, or injured, right? And so in, they do that by purposely getting themselves sick or self-injury. And so that's where that comes in, that they believe that she has factitious disorder because she, ha- she wants to be a victim of something and she needs support. So... She can be a victim of the criminal justice system. She, she, I'm sure she thinks that she is at well, this point mission in time, accomplished. But um, one of the psychiatric evaluators said no one does what she did to her body and make up stories that she made up and goes to the links that she went to without being someone who's broken in some way and quite damaged. Is that a is that a psychological psychiatric term? Well, broken, broken, and quite damaged. I used to do um, mental commitment hearings when I was a prosecutor. And, uh, and this is no dig on the psychiatrist, by the way, who was a very brilliant person um, and dealt with people with, you know, significant mental illnesses all day. And I would very often ask, you know, before I started the hearing, like, what's the diagnosis? Like, what's what's wrong? And at that time, instead of asking for the diagnosis, I said, like, what's wrong with her? And I think you just have a bad day. And he's like, she's crazy. <laughs> and I said... Yeah. Uh, is that a DSM diagnosis? Right. And he goes, yeah, I'll be more specific later. Need a little more sp- <laughs> okay. specificity. Okay. we I forgive those medical professionals mm-hmm. who won. It was very, I thought it was funny, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. So this is clearly she has, I agree with him. Definitely. But I do feel like he maybe didn't give as much information as I was looking for. Well, he, the problem is, is that they, it sounded as if they were still kind of arguing over what diagnosis was going to stick because it's not fully Munchausen's or, you know, fictitious disorder. Um, um, how about, but, how, what if she's a sociopath? Yeah. Or, more. Um, yeah. okay. No, I mean, not about the diagnosis, oh, yeah. but, okay. but I agree. There's more um, evaluation tools that we should probably be looking at for her. And I'm sure by now they have, this was probably. just written, you know, in March after the first psychiatric evaluations and things like yeah, that. Yeah. They're going to continue to study her. Oh, I think so. I think so. This is a, this is a gross perversion of, and they of, only have eight years and she'll probably get good time. I don't know how it works over there, but it does might. over here. She mm. might. I did want to include this quote from Nicola, um, Muhammad Ramzan's wife. Yes. Because she called the verdict to the news, quote, true justice for Ellie. Oh, girl. I was like, oh, I like Nicola. that. I dig it. Because they were tormented. You need to get an appropriate for so dig in. long with those justice for Ellie signs and T-shirts and hoodies and mugs and stickers. So, yes. Uh, justice has happened for Ellie. I hope that mm-hmm. there were literally court orders to pull down those sites. Oh God, I hope so. To stop any oh, type of profit. I do have some profit. information. Yes, I do have some information about that. Good. Um, so another one of the men that I haven't mentioned yet, Jordan um, Trengrove, he spent 73 days in custody. No. In a jail sh- cell that he shared with a convicted sex offender. Mm-hmm. He also, when he was in jail... Someone spray painted the word rapist across his home. Oh, my God. So he um, said things have calmed down a bit. Things had calmed down a bit until the Facebook post in 2020. This made things even worse for me. There were big protests and marches in Barrow. The lowest point when w- was when I tried to end my life in August 2020. That's awful. So 
having not brought him up yet, when we first found out she was accusing these men and the police pretty quickly go onto their phones and find that it wasn't, there was at least one guy who was investigated beforehand where they took her word for it. And he set, he spent some time under arrest. What happened was they arrested several of the men. And if they didn't have the financial means, of course, to, to, bond. to bond out, they spent that time in jail while they were waiting for the search rest, warrants, the, the investigation. investigation. Yes. You know, this is something that it, it happens, you guys, and it, and it, it breaks your heart, too. Um you have to take judges take these things into consideration pretrial services right what uh, what's the risk to the public if you mm-hmm. let them out and something like what she was accusing that these men of is something really bad yeah. where that potential public risk outweighs the liberty interest and oh god i hate saying that as a person who loves the constitution but wow yeah <laughs> i mean i just it hurts my heart it it's awful and, and it may have recourse i mean i'm sure he may have sued we've had cases before i mean look at uh russ faria on the betsy um right. faria pam hupp case and he yep. sued and wow. i don't know because this just came down in 2023 march of 2023 yeah. you know i don't know what the if they've set that stuff in motion but i would hope that they do truly because what happened for them on top of like for jordan so he spends 73 days in custody someone spray paints rapist on his house he's cleared and let go by the police and then that facebook post hit stigma so wave number 2 correct hits and that's when he tried to end his life in August 2020. I mean, that's just, it's, I think it's just so much worse that it happened in two waves. You know what I mean? Like these men find out they're being accused. All right. The, some get arrested, spend time in jail or whatever, or have the worry, even if they bonded out, they have the worry of this. They get cleared. All right. And then she gets arrested. Wonderful. She bonds out. And then she does this viral post, Facebook I, post that sets their world aflame. The way that the criminal justice system works, you always have to remember that there's a civil system as well. Mm-hmm. I hope that somebody sued her for libel and slander and with all of those proceeds that were coming in from Justice for Ellie, she was required to pay all of that out have, to victim compensation. I have information on that as well. We yes. just are so on the yes. same page. I, I really do. But I have more to tell you about her victims. Truly. There's more victims? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I still have two more pages of notes, oh, sister. Oh, good Lord. So he did say, Jordan did say he wished Ellie got a longer sentence. Um, He said, you know, I tried to end my life over the false allegations against me, and I have been unable to form a bond with my son because he hasn't been able to, like, it it disrupted his early years with his son. Jail for 73 days. I don't know what the situation was with his, the person that he had his son with. probably went and stopped visits. He got accused of a sex act. Exactly. So, um. He didn't give specifics on that, but that's we are on the same page. That's exactly what I was thinking. He said, you know, I've not been able to leave my house. I've not been able to go to work. All of that stuff because of the repercussions of that Facebook post. So he said um, that he wishes that, that her sentence was longer. And he said, I'll always have the thought in my head that it's only a matter of a few years until she's free again. I do think I'm going to move out of the area so I'm not in the same area when she's released. Yeah. Which I think would be good. 
The third man that was accused of rape by her, Oliver Gardner, said he only met her once and it was a shock when he was contacted by Cumbria police in regards to the claims. He said, quote, it was just a case of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. He said the allegations that ultimately led to him being, um, the allegations ultimately led to him being sectioned under the Mental Health Act after he tried to take his own life as well. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. These men. Another man, Camria Bibby, the, uh, this was the first man that she accused of rape, revealed that he'd been forced to delete all of his social media. Um, he was too afraid to pick up his son from the nursery due to the online abuse that he'd suffered. So he wasn't able, he stayed in his home. He wasn't able to live his life. His wife and and he were not you know, able to do normal things like pick your child up from from preschool right yeah you're ostracized Mm -hmm. yes and so and I've told you already a little bit about Muhammad and how his own son had to leave college because of that um they sprained Nicola's store yes exactly Nicola's store was all messed up um and it it really changed his son's life he said I had no contact with anybody for two years I was staying at home at, at all the time, not living the life that a teenager should should live. Um, he said that he was scared for his family's protection, and he found it easier to stay at home than to go out and risk something happening. Um, and it just, he was said that he was a really outgoing person, so this, like, has changed him. It's made him introverted, you know. So let's talk about the man behind the Justice for Ellie campaign, which was aimed at raising money for Ellie after she claimed, you know, after truly the um, the social media post. Once the truth came out, this man's name is Shane Urell. Um, he he was like, I felt gutted. It, I I felt so terrible that I got it wrong. Um, he said that. When he later found out that those men were innocent, he has now wrapped himself up in his own legal fight because he wants to recover the money that was raised through the campaign, um, after, especially after the allegations were revealed that, you know, or, you know, once the court case revealed that all these allegations were false. Um, and so he is currently engaging in, le- in a legal battle at this point in time of his own to get that money back. To the donor for the donors mm-hmm. for all for the donors. The yes. Yep. How so, much were we talking about again? Um, there were a hundred thousand followers. I do think that one article gave a number, but I couldn't find it anywhere else, and so I didn't put it in here because yeah, we're not sure. Yeah, exactly. So we don't make numbers up here. No, except I, for my age, I'm thirty five. What, what are we measuring penises here? Of course, we don't make I up numbers. Would lose. No. <laughs> yeah, I me, hope you would too. do, but I don't me know. Too. No. <laughs> No judgment, Sharna. Uh, so the judge does say about the case that Ellie had absolutely no significant sign of remorse whatsoever. Um, he said that the only flicker, the judge was Judge Robert uh, Eltham, and he said the only flicker of appreciation of what she has done came today when she read a letter apologizing for her Facebook post. Um, he says she adds that there were difficulties in her childhood and that she was self-harming from a young age, but she was of good character before the allegations were made. As for her motive, the judge says, says there's no explanation for why she did what she did. She just had gone to extraordinary lengths to 
create false accusations, um, including causing herself significant injury. And he didn't said, her mom specifically say she doesn't self harm, right? But she's been doing it since a very young age. Exactly. Her apology revealed. I mean, she apologized for the Facebook post. She tried to blame her childhood for why she was self-harming and doing, yep, and she did say in that apology that she's been self-harming from a young age. Mm -hmm. So um, the judge said, unless she chooses to say why she told these lies, we will never know. And so... And there we are, Your Honor. I feel the same way very often. Right. I have no idea why you've done what you've done unless uh, you have done, unless you decide to finally disclose, we'll never know. Yep, for sure. I do want to say a little something about her mom because it seems as though the tables turned a little bit. So her mom is only 51. And oh my God, she's I know, <laughs> close to my age. On Wednesday, March 29th, 2023, she got into her Range Rover at like 8.30 a.m. And she jumped out of it just in time to escape before the six-year-old car engine caught on fire. <gasps> Did someone? And she died. Well, she thinks... That there was foul foul play that someone did to this to her on purpose. Yeah, and she, and then she's quoted. This was interesting. This is her quote: "It's terrifying to think someone might want to do me and my family harm. That's definitely my fear that someone did this on purpose to cause me harm. I have told, I have been told it could have been deliberate, and I assume it was torched." She, but she added, it's possible it was an electrical fault, and I'm hoping that that is the case. I don't like to think there are people out there capable of doing this. Like I'm, your daughter? Thank you. Thank you for knowing I, where I was going Well, with the whole that. time I'm thinking how many people out there thought to themselves, oh, you're the girl's liar mother, the lying girl's mom. You're just making this up to get somebody in trouble now, too. Right. It's She's right. the girl that cried wolf. Well... And, but quite frankly, she's like, oh my gosh, it's scary to think, think that someone out here. there that might want me harmed. Like really? What about what your daughter did to those men and their families? They had 500, over 500 death threats. They were scared to leave their home. Two of them at least tried to kill themselves. Yes, exactly. So I'm like, well, that's an interesting take because that's exactly what your daughter caused to other people, several other people. So now you understand maybe a little bit more. I don't know. And I sincerely hope hope that nobody did that. I hope it was just a faulty thing because leave the woman, the mother out of it. Yeah, she She didn't do that. that. No, she didn't. She wasn't the one making these accusations. She saw her child repeatedly harmed and And believed believed her. her. Yeah. I want to end on this note. Research from the Crown Prosecution Service shows that false allegations of rape are rare. During an observed 17-month period that saw 5,651 prosecutions for rape, there were just 35 prosecutions for making false allegations. So that equates to less than uh, 0.6%. I have been in uh, either a prosecutor, a referee, or a judicial official for 20 years now. God, I'm old. Um, Fuck. And I have seen... One hand's worth, maybe five times that people have been charged, prosecuted um, legitimately for uh, filing a false uh, police report regarding rape 
and CSC. Mm-hmm. I get mm-hmm. filing false police reports on felonies all the time or filing false report of a misdemeanor, those type of things. I'm not counting sure. those. I'm talking about a, a sexual assault. So keeping Good. that in mind, I don't know if my stat lines up with others, but, no, I, but I, I couldn't tell you how many cases I saw. I could just tell you that about five of them in 20 years. So it, right. that and were I, legit. And that does, that really does, I think, help if, you know, if people, I, I just, I just don't want, um, anything to come out of us covering this episode like we are saying that this happens frequently or anything like that because certainly it doesn't and I just really thought that it was a wild case this extreme man she hit herself with a hammer guys like right. these the photos it's she needs help like yeah. this is tragic I couldn't she almost severed her own finger if anything this should be showing that not only are these type of instances rare but they law enforcement and good investigation can catch them Mm-hmm. These mm-hmm. these men didn't get uh, charged. We didn't have trials where stuff c- came out later. Um, they ended up being exonerated before having to go to trial. Yes. They did search warrants and found yes. that she was in fact lying and it was proved and, that she was and lying. And then arrested the correct person. Correct. You know what I mean? Even though then they took a whole bunch of shit for, yes. uh, because of the social media what do you want? Explosion. And, and I, that's another reason I wanted to cover this case is just a cautionary tale of how dangerous social media can be and just blindly believing what you're reading, whether it be a post from someone or not. Like they're, like you said, we are innocent until proven guilty because this was a dangerous situation. Riots, protests happened in this small town because of one Facebook yeah, post. It's little things. People are getting scammed. They do things to be helpful. I am so sick of seeing that they found this small child who's this beautiful child wandering around in Jackson. It's the same one found wandering around in Hillstill. It's the same one found wandering around in, in Lenaway. And then oh you'll God, do the same yes. thing with the puppies. And people just share without yes. looking what, into what it. What are those scams about? Have you guys seen those? They have been well, all I believe over. it's a way to potentially hack or get information into your social media accounts. And the people have been having um, their Facebook pages hacked and stuff like yeah, crazy. for sure. I mean, you guys will know as soon as Crime Curious gets hacked because oh. it won't be funny anymore. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> or inappropriate. That's, that's going to, it's going to sound uh, weird. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I'm going to bathe you. I'm going to bathe you in a, I found some more you bathe me in something specific yes another little bot story oh my you know how we covered a brain bath if you're not a ten dollar a month patreon member near and dear then you haven't heard that brain bath it was several months ago but we did a whole brain bath on funny bot writings right so this one was writing a script and and i don't know megan i don't know <laughs> that's just i don't know what it, the script was supposed to be about but it, it's a bot fail. It is a bot fail. Like okay. when you cold read? Yes. <laughs> it's going to be a lot like when I cold read. It really will. Um, and this funny, is a Charnel Funny bot. side story. So um, a, a mutual case Jason and I have to had to work on last week together. Well, we're still working on it. But it got assigned to us last week. And he was reading me the allegations. And, and our dear friend who typed the allegations... Must have been in a hurry. Oh, God. Because I, they literally read, I, there was like a period in the middle of full sentences and it just didn't make sense. And I was like, Jason, did a bot write this? Are these bot allegations? <laughs> He's like, oh my God, I'm going to call her and tell her she's a bot. That's funny. Because it did. It sounded exactly, I'm like, why is there a period in the middle of a word? This doesn't make sense. In the middle of a word. This what isn't is a natural pause. It was awful, but. <laughs> 
Anyway, okay, so here we are with I'm a bot. It's supposed to be, from what I can tell, a, a, a regal script. Oh. Okay, it's supposed to be fancy, but it kind of went oh, oh, by the wayside. It says, Dear Miss Lily Porter, the name was handwritten. <laughs> this is all about you guys. I am instructed by Her Majesty the Queen to thank you for the present of a Union Jack, which you kindly sent Her Majesty. <laughs> The queen thought it was kind of you to wish her well on the occasion of her diamond jubilee. And I am, I am to thank you for this thoughtful gesture, gesture. Yours sincerely. There followed an unreadable handwritten name that might have been Anna Fitz something, lady in waiting. <laughs> but we didn't send a union jack, said Lily. Cat- Caterpillars can't make silk. No, said your mother, but the ladies of the village can. They made it for you. And there on the second page was a photograph of the queen walking amongst children outside of Buckingham Palace with a rather wonky Union Jack behind her. You made something good happen, Lily, said her mother, sitting down beneath the tree beside her. As Lily laughed, a hundred red, white, and blue butterflies were dislodged from the branches and floated about them. The photograph of the queen and the Union Jack remained pinned to the wall outside <laughs> Maria Gonzalez's home. Okay. <laughs> Maria Gonzalez? Who's Maria Gonzalez? This is like somebody no tried idea. to bot draft a letter to the queen on, the, on her coronation or something. I like, so. wow. But it's just... Maria dear, Gonzalez. Dear Miss Lily Porter, the name was handwritten. I love it. Wait, I... What? And the, Maria Gonzalez... It's you, such a weird way that I don't get it. The caterpillars. Me neither. I enjoyed the, the, caterpillar, the sudden caterpillars in silk. Caterpillars, caterpillars can't make silk. But they can. No, said her mother. All silkworms. But the ladies of the village can. They made it for you. We don't know what they made. Wow. Just made it. Wow. This is why bots shouldn't write our things for us, you guys. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. We should have a bot write an episode for Crime Curious. Once I, this I, new AI technology, we might be able to I try think, to get away with that. I think if we talk to the AI thing on Snapchat long enough, if somebody wants to test that out, we might be able to get something good out of her. I got to tell you, I have tested it out and it, I, does, it fucking freaks me out I won't how talk helpful to mine. it is. It's helpful? Yeah. Wait, yeah. it's helpful? Yeah. I, for my new business that I'm starting, I had so, it. Um, I asked it for some names and it actually gave me some really helpful names. Really? Yes. Yes, and I won't lie. I did kind of yank. I, I tweaked it a bit, but I, I, I mean, announcement coming soon. It's but, on Snapchat. Uh, yeah, this my, AI, the thing? AI thing. Yeah, I, I did. It's it gave me the motive, not the motivation, inspiration. Yeah, for a couple of the words in my my business um title. I'm just not ready to okay announce it yet, but very soon I will be. So I'm excited. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Okay. I mean, I hope, or it could totally suck. I'm not sure. Well, that's always the risk that we take. <laughs> for sure. For every sure. episode. Yeah. Every single every episode. episode. It was about this time last year, or a little, well, it was kind of spring, where we were launching um, Amber's Baking business that I was helping her with. Yeah. She still has that, by the way, guys. I think it's a Cakes and Creations really or something. Pr- they're really like pretty. That. Yeah, she's gorgeous. They're beautiful. Talented. Yeah, Cakes and Creations by Amber. Yeah, something like that on Facebook. So I'm um, not. So, oh, I came here to use my mouth instead. Yeah, I just to talk. 
I just helped her launch that, and then you know, baking—that's not my thing. Right. But um, you do a good job, though. You're de- you decorated you. and stuff. Yes. I saw your stuff. I would have ordered stuff from you too. Well, I appreciate that. But and it's my not daughter's my a pastry chef, so yeah, my exactly. What's your passion? M- talking, talking, helping people. That's Making what my fun of people. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> if they deserve, if they're murderers. First of all, it's we only make fun of murderers. Why? Because they're they assholes. Oh, because they suck. Cause That'll they work suck. too. Because they suck. That's right. Um, oh, and sometimes we make fun of ourselves, which is totally Often. Yeah, yeah. Often. So <laughs> where can people reach out and find us? Yeah, socials. Get us on the social media. We have a website. Did you all know that? We're, we our faces our are there. Crimecuriouspodcast.com. We need to upload some more pictures. Send us. Oh, I know. I still need to put the our Kappa picture. picture up there. Yeah. I know. Um, somebody, if you guys want to send us case suggestions, uh, thank you again, by the way, for Sophie to Sophie for this case suggestion. She literally said, I don't know if you can get a full episode out of this, but it's an interesting read. Nonetheless. Oh, honey, we got over an hour out of it. This was a, this is a good one that people, I just like seeing the other side of things sometimes. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. And until next time, keep it curious, keep listening and bye-bye. Thank you.